NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Call from Violet July. Hello? Hello? Hey, what's up? Is this the gecko? Yeah, who is this? No way, I'm Violet July. Violet July. Ooh, that's, um, do you know who the Insane Clown Posse are? I I know of them, yes. The head guy, his name is Violent J, which is not Violet, his name is Violent J, and yours is Violet July. Yeah, I didn't even put those two and two together, but that's cool. What's up, Violet July? Do you go by Violet July, or do you ever go by Violet I go by Violet. Um, it's a recent thing. I started going by my musician name, but I'm not really here to talk about my music. I guess I don't. So you you picked <laughs> you picked the name Violet. I did. I picked it myself. Was it inspired at all by the daughter from The Incredibles? No, it was more like Violet Baudelaire from a series of unfortunate events. Oh. There's Violet Violet Baudelaire, is that her name? Yeah. I thought you were saying Violet Beauregard, who is the the name Violet of the Beauregard. of the of the girl who I think I think that's the girl who turns into a giant blueberry in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. Oh, that was uh Violet yeah, Violet Beauregard. Wow, those two things, they sound similar. Yeah. Well, um, enough about fictional characters. What's going on with you, Violet? <laughs> so, actually, I'm in a debate on whether or not I should be a stripper again. Ah, okay. Um, um, so, I was a stripper for four years. I'm 25. I started when I was... 19 i stopped when i was 23 um but i'm also in recovery i'm a cocaine addict um i did the cocaine mostly when i was working music festivals not stripping but still cocaine is at strip clubs and um i work a retail job now and i it's not paying enough for my sober living and I'm debating on whether or not I should dance two days a week on a day shift somewhere because I'm on a proper sleep schedule now. Um, my only issue is is that I'm worried if someone offers me cocaine, I will do it and I will ruin my life again. And I've relapsed four times. I've been to rehab four times. And I'm doing really well now. Like, I'm happy for once in my life. Like, I'm actually enjoying living which is crazy. I never thought that I would enjoy living, um, but I really need the money. And I've also been feeling like kind of sexually charged recently. Like I felt like it would be a good way to express myself and feel sexy again, I guess, because it's been a while. And um, I don't know, there comes, there's a lot of stigma that comes with it though. So I don't, and that's never bothered me, but now I'm kind of at a point in my life where I'd like to find somebody, and not a lot of people are okay with dating sex workers. Um, so that's where I'm at. I have a bunch of questions. Um, first of all, congrats on on getting sober. Thank you. Now you have to. So you have to pay to be. How does that work? You have to pay to be in a sober living house. What's that whole situation? Yeah, so I pay um, to live in a sober living. It's like rent, like monthly, but they cover like electricity and Wi-Fi and they get toilet paper for you. So 
Um, I mean, yeah, it's like a like a once a month charge for all like all bills paid. And did you like go to rehab, and then this is sort of like you're getting out of rehab and transitioning via this? Yeah, this is post rehab. Mm. And um, is is the sober living like significantly more expensive than if you were to just live in a normal place? It's actually a lot cheaper. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's fascinating. I mean, how long can you stay there for? As long as I want. As long as I'm paying rent. Well, shit. Alright, that's a great, that's a fantastic situation. Yeah. Are you, is it like a, is is that like a dorm room kind of shit where you're like hanging out with other people in recovery and there's like meetings all the time and stuff? Yeah, we have two house meetings a week. Um... I think there's enough space here for 12 girls, but I think we only have six, so we each have our own rooms right now. Hmm. Very, very, uh, are you meeting a lot, are you meeting a lot of friends? I am. The thing about recovery is that I really like is the community is really awesome. Like, I love going to meetings. Um, I love going to, like, my IOP, which stands for Intensive Outpatient, which is basically just group therapy i really love it also if i'm talking weird it's because i just got my tongue pierced and i'm still trying to like figure out how to speak with it <laughs> i did i didn't hear that but um did you like did you get one of those tongue piercings where like the tongue is fucking split in half like patrick's arms that would be cool but now i just got like a little piercing in the middle there is anyone else in this that you've met in this recovery center? Is anyone else a former or current stripper? No. Hmm. So, all right. So tell me about the stripping. You did it from when you were 19 to how old? 23. Okay. And at the time you were doing it, what made you stop? I got really burnt out. Um, and I switched to cam girling. I was a cam girl for a while. Um, and I really liked that, but I can't do that right now because I live in sober living. I would just do that, but, um, like, they won't really allow that in sober living because, like, moaning through the walls isn't really, when there's, like, six girls here. Like, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's not, I, when I did it, I lived with people who understood um but i switched to cam grilling and then i went to rehab and i got really burnt out my back hurt i was just i did it for four years so and it was never anything that i was passionate about like what i'm really passionate about like i love working merch at festivals and concerts i love doing that and then music i love making music and performing absolutely love it i released my first song in january and i'm hoping i can make a living doing that one day but it's like in the meantime i need something to get by and like starting a music project is really expensive like if the i'm just a vocalist and lyricist so i have to have people like mix my stuff i have a producer that i have to pay marketing costs money and I'm barely affording to live as it is. So it's like to get somewhere, I have to like invest in myself. So that's why yeah. I think going back to the club might be a good idea because I mean, I could pay for my project and I could pay for my sober living and I have another job on top of that. So, um, yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your other job? Oh, right. You said retail. We're gonna, yeah. Retail. Hmm. See, it's interesting. See, it's fascinating to hear you said that you were a cam girl because when you first said like that, the main fear was that you would uh, get offered cocaine. I was like, "Well, you could just do the you know the di- whatever the digital version of being a stripper is." Which, by the way, I you know I've always found that kind of I I find it fascinating that strip clubs even 
still really exist? Because I would assume, uh, and you know, I don't know that that uh, like the universe of of the financials of being a stripper versus being a cam girl, but I would assume that the benefits of of, of doing some kind of uh, camming career is is better than being a stripper in person. Yeah, I mean, stripping is more money, um, but I really liked camming. Like, I felt like I could just be myself on camera, and it was it was a really fun experience. I liked it a lot. So how much of the decision of whether or not you want to go back to stripping is monetary? Because you mentioned that it's money, but you also mentioned that you enjoy it in in some degree that allows you some degree of expression yeah i'm an extrovert i love talking to people of getting to know people and like how do i say this without like i don't know i've been very sexually charged recently because then it's like you took away my drugs and now my brain wants something else sure and i've been feeling very flirty and i've kind of been acting out a little bit like i've been making out with people in my group therapy and I shouldn't be doing that. Like that's, I just don't. And I mean, I've gotten on Tinder and met people and whatnot, but it's a matter of like my, I guess my aura right now is very flirty. And um, if I could just express that and be that way and get paid for it, that would be really cool because I feel like I've been a little inappropriate lately. Um, it's just, I guess, the vibe I'm giving out because I'm so sexually frustrated and I don't, I don't want, <laughs> like, I just need a friend with benefits and I'm on the hunt for one, but it's, it's like, I don't want all this, Ugh! I just, I don't. I don't want to be screwing around with people that I'm in recovery with, you know, and it's very hard for me not to I do have that to, right I now. have to imagine, I have to, I know there's like sex addict stuff where you like, it's, that, that I mean, that must be a crazy can of worms, but I have to imagine it, it, that, that that must flaw. be, that has, that has to be, I have to imagine that in recovery communities in general, there's a lot of people fucking. Yeah, there's, um, it's called Slaw, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, and I am in it. Uh, are you fucking around with people in that group specifically? No, that's, like, highly discouraged. Like, at the beginning of, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, because it's anonymous, but it's, it's a very, that's highly discouraged. Um... I, I I have to I assume with the with the with the anonymous groups you can talk about them as long as you're not talking about a specific person you're like yeah you know yeah rad. well at the beginning of each meeting um, they say like this is not a hookup group like if anyone approaches you in an inappropriate manner and like we all understand like we're all kind of in the same boat um, so we don't want to like trigger each other now with like group therapy and like IOP and stuff like that. It's a little harder because not everyone's a sex addict and it's not, I don't know, it is frowned upon to like get a rehab romance or whatever you call it. But it's like, there's that, that line of respect isn't going both ways. Like, someone might flirt with me, and it's very hard for me not to flirt with them back. Or I might flirt with someone, and it's hard to... But, like, in the in the SLAW program, it's a very, like, we're so there to try to get better that we don't want to, like, fuck up anyone else's recovery. And I wouldn't want to fuck up anyone else's, like, recovery in IOP either. It's just... How is, how is the Tinder going? I had a really good Tinder date. Um, yesterday, but I'm afraid I would catch feelings for him, and I'm not really in a place that I'm available to catch feelings for people, um, and, that's yeah, so, so, so you just, so you, you just want to have 
no strings attached sex with people. I just want like one friends with benefits. I can just hit up a few times a week. I feel like that would be enough for me. I feel like on Tinder, you won't have an issue finding that. Yeah. Um, there's a guy that, he is the guy that gives me my coffee and water when I'm at work. We've been uh -huh. hanging out and we talked about a friends with benefits situation. It just hasn't like happened yet. And I think he would be good because I'm not, I don't have any romantic feelings for him. I don't see myself catching any. And he's really pretty. But the guy from Tinder is actually really cool. And then I kind of started having a friends with benefits thing with a girl. Um, but she's in my IOP and we fucked once and it was really cool. But then See, I was like, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask, I know that the, I, I have to assume that the, the slaw groups are separated by gender, but if Some you're, if you're, uh, uh, into all the genders, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, that's true. But I guess back to the original issue of, like, should you become a stripper or not? I mean, look, dude, what about, what about, um, OnlyFans? I said OnlyFans just now as if I don't know what Only like, that's how, that's how somebody who doesn't really know what OnlyFans is would say it, OnlyFans, but... Well, no, I, I did OnlyFans once. I don't like OnlyFans. Making content to me is just... I've done it, but, like, I'm actually not that photogenic. I look way better in real life than I do in photos and it's like OnlyFans is like you gotta like be consistent with it you have to constantly market yourself with canning and stripping you kind of just do it and you gain a base with OnlyFans you have to gain a base and then do it right and sure. it's, a whole, it's a lot more uh, it's just, upstart yeah and I've I've done OnlyFans um I did it for a week made a lot of money deleted it and it's just, it's not my thing. Like, making content, I like making content, just not, like, sexual content. Like, I, I don't know. I'm a creative. I have a lot of ideas for videos. I write poetry. I write short stories. I write plays. I'm a writer. Um, I like editing videos. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like making sexual content. I like just being myself and talking and having my aura and then doing that. Like photos and videos are just kind of whatever. So how long have you been? Uh, so the, did you go to like a sex and love rehab at the same time as the cocaine rehab? No, I don't think that exists actually. I mean, it might, but I haven't been to one. Um, when, how long have you been in the slaw for? Mm, maybe like six months. Okay, how long have you been in the cocaine stuff for? Mm, the first time I went to rehab was a year ago. Hmm. How is the retail job going? Where where is where's that at? I don't like it. I'm just not passionate about it. It's a lingerie store. I'm just, it's really hard for me to find jobs I'm passionate about. I'm not passionate about sex work, but at least I like it. And right. I don't dislike this retail job. I'm just, it's boring. And I mean, I guess people have to work boring jobs. I'm not trying to complain about it. I'm grateful to have this job. It's just, I, if I, if I have to have a career, I just want to do something I'm passionate about. Like, all I want to do is write songs and poetry and I've written books and I just I want to do music first so I have a people that will read my stuff and I just I don't know the job is cool I like the girls that work there um it's just I'm not passionate about it and I it doesn't pay a whole ton hmm. um well I you know I think it's good I think it's good that you have a lot of things you want to do you know, I, the way you're talking about them, they're like, it's almost, and I, I do this too. I do this too. What I'm about to say that you're doing, I do this too. And that's why I'm telling you that I'm seeing you do it is like all these passions that you are talking about, like, you know, whatever, making music or writing things like they're almost like weights the way you're talking about them, you know, but I think they're good to, to have all these things that you want to 
do. And they weirdly, like, weirdly, these things, they come with, like, attachments of, like, I need to make money doing this or be successful doing this. And, um, I think there's, that a big part of, like, trying to be happy with them is removing those, uh, kind of unnecessary attachments. And again, I, I, I completely and utterly do that myself. And that's the only reason I'm talking about it. Yeah. I really appreciate you, Gecko. I watch your stream a lot, and I'm always like, I wonder if I'll get to talk to him one day. I got to talk to you. <laughs> what is uh, what is the future look like for you, Violet? Violet, Vi I'm gonna just call you Violet. Violet July. July. Violet, Violet July. July. What's the future look At like, Violet July? Who is Violet July? I more poetry, more music, more connection, more love, more kindness. More enlightenment. Um, and less cocaine. I don't know. And less cocaine. <laughs> mm. Well, um, I wish I could have. I, 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 it's been it's been great talking to you. I wish I could have been of some form of help in you making your decision. Um, <laughs> You're great. It was great to just be able to vent about it. Thank you. Um. I don't know. I guess you could. There's a way you could. You could combine all these things. You could be. You could be, the stripping poet. You you take off one piece of clothing for every um, <laughs> every bar. What do you are they? Is that just rap or is that in poetry too? The bars. <laughs> They're called stanzas in poetry. Oh, okay, every stanza you you take off one piece of clothing. Do you um? Do you want to hear a poem? Sure. Let's close out with a poem. Um, I have like 8,000 poems in my phone notes. I just got to... Where is it? Let's go with... Okay. The Antichrist will entice the gentleman. The medicine he needs to kill the weeds of the demiurge must be purged from his computer. For the consumer is innocent, and the gentleman is ignorant of the colors sent from the other side of reality. For our immortality desires to go backwards. I heard the gentleman's curls can lure the girls into the catastrophe that may be esoteric truth. But his geometric youth sings the songs of wires that tire of intertwining the sighing masses. So when his soul passes, will he choose to continue down the rabbit hole of hell, or will his shell grow roots? That sounds like something Hermione would say to, like, turn a, a demon into a bunny or something. <laughs> it was a good poem. Good. Um, Thank you. What's your name again? Violet, Violet, Violet July. Violet July. Violet July. Violet July, is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Yeah, I have a song coming out on January 1st. Um, at who is Violet July, if you feel like following. Um, I, I promise I didn't come here for music promo. But <laughs> thank also, you so much. I appreciate everybody. Like, You guys are great. Also, check out Violent. I don't know what his Instagram handle is, but check out uh, Violent Violent J. Just go to go to YouTube and type in Violent J Miracles and watch that video too. While and watch Violet stuff and also that. Thank you so much. Have a good night, Violet. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Hello. What's your name? Uh, Lauren. Lauren. What's going on with you, Lauren? Oh, you know, just um, not really on house arrest, but I have a scram monitor on my ankle. 
a scram monitor? Yeah. Yeah. So it uh, it detects alcohol in your sweat. And is this because you are legally not allowed to be consuming alcohol? Um, so I'm 24, but correct, yes. Why are you not legally allowed to consume alcohol? Um, so I, um, I rolled a stop sign, um, and I had alcohol in my system, and I got pulled over, and yeah, long story short, I got an ankle monitor. What was that? Uh, were you above the legal limit? Yeah. So I'm not in Utah, and Utah's legal limit's 0.05, which, I mean, still not great. I don't condone it, but... How much did you have to drink that night? Um, I really only probably had four glasses of wine throughout a period of a couple hours. And I could, mm-hmm. like, I remember the whole, like, pulling over, the arrest, everything. Um, so after, like, that whole situation um before i got the angle monitor i want to like test a theory to see how my body processed alcohol so i had a wine night with my friends and we uh got a breathalyzer and for one glass of wine mine was like double what everybody else would blow so my body just doesn't process alcohol well i will say soberly i have rolled almost every stop sign i've ever encountered throughout my entire life Exactly. I grew up in California. I we roll stop signs. I think everyone rolls stop. When's the last time any whoever's listening to this? I want you to think about the last time you completely stopped. Like like I'm talking complete stop. Your car rolls like rolls back, kind of a stop at a stop sign yeah, exactly. where there's nobody else at. Like you know, yeah. I mean, I'm rolling stops all the time. Um, all the time. How long do you have to wear the thing for? 120 days. So I got it October 11th, and I will get it off February 8th, I believe. So I am just over a month today. And um, I, I does the like part of your ankle that the brace covers get really gross because you can't wash it? Uh, no, I can shower with it, thankfully. And you have I to wear can't it. Submerge it in water. Oh, but you can't. You can't submerge it in water. No, so it. You can't submerge it, but you can take a shower because it's. Or you can. So you can shower, but you can't take a bath. What happens if you take it off? Does it explode? I can't take it off. I have to go to the jail, and they use a special little tool, and then it sends all these alerts to the police station that the monitor has been unlocked. Are you it's allowed cool. to drive? <laughs> yeah, so I'm allowed to drive. Um, I do have a breathalyzer in my car, so I am double sober with an ankle monitor and a breathalyzer in my car. Is this your first offense? I feel like this sound this sounds like second offense kind of a thing. It's my first offense. It's just Utah. I also had a, a wax pen in my car, which I don't I don't smoke weed. I don't even do drugs. But it was an ex-boyfriend, and wax is a felony out here. Um, so also getting the monitor kind of dropped the felony charges. So I was like, you know what? I'll take an ankle monitor before I take a felony. Well, shit. Um, <laughs> that's very... Yeah, Utah is very, like, Mormony, holy, we don't do that stuff around here kind of a place. Which is crazy, because... Uh, growing up in California, I never really like partied, and being out in Utah, I've never partied harder. Tell me about the Utah party scene. It's weird. It's like, I think because the state is so strict that everybody just feels the need to constantly be under the influence of something. Are you born and raised there? Well, I, you, I, wait, you just said, oh, wait, you said you were born in California. Yeah, so I was born in California. I grew up there, and then I lived in Tahoe for a little bit, and then I moved to Utah two years ago. What'd you move here for? Uh, just to snowboard. Cool. Really, just to snowboard? Did you know anyone when you moved? <laughs> nope, didn't know a soul. How long ago did you move? Uh, two years ago. And how's it going? Um, 
it was going good up until this, and now I'm probably going to go back to California. What are you going to do in California? Um, I don't know. I kind of want to move to Southern California. I grew up in Northern, so I feel like Southern would be kind of a nice change. Um, and I'm kind of an adventurous person. I feel like Southern California kind of has a little bit more to offer for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do spontaneous things a lot. Um, and also since I've had this ankle monitor, I was kind of nervous, but my probation officer let me go to Vegas for SEMA, which is the car show. Um, which I was really surprised he let me go to Vegas, but he did. And, uh, I convinced the guy sitting next to me on the plane, complete stranger, um, to take me to the Hoover Dam. You convinced the guy on the <laughs> plane with you from Utah to Vegas to take you to the Hoover Dam? Yeah, I had never been, um, and I really wanted to go. And so he, like, drove oh, yeah. you there? Yeah, at first he was really hesitant. He was like, no and then uh we weren't really no one said anything on the plane because i had to i i awkwardly sat in the middle seat um it was the last seat available on the plane and of course i had to sit there and so i'm sitting between these two dudes and we're just like talking about the hoover dam and i was like yeah i've never been so if you guys want to take me that'd be cool and they were like kind of for it but they were a little hesitant and then the one guy was like well maybe and I was like, okay, well, if you do take me, just a little disclosure. Like, I'm on probation. I have an ankle monitor. I was like, do you want to see it? And then the other guy was like, you know what? I don't want to go. <laughs> and then the other guy was like, you know what? I'll take you. So I let a stranger take me to the Hoover Dam. Was this like a date? No, no. I just wanted to go, and he had time to kill, so... It says here you also uh, you also messaged me to say that uh, you had a stranger take you to Mexico. Yeah. So last summer, I think it was last summer, um, I went to visit my cousin who goes to San Diego State, and I thought he would let me go to class with him. He was super opposed to that and said, "No, find something else to do during the day." So was any solo board traveler would do. I took the train and I wanted to go to Tijuana for a couple hours. Um, and so on the train, I kept like, I guess I was looking around super like suspiciously. And this guy behind me handed me his phone and was like, you look lost. And I was like, no, like I know where I'm going. And he was like, okay, just making sure. Are you by yourself? And I was like, at the moment, yes, but I won't be. Cause I was like, I don't know what his intentions are. But also, I was like, okay, he's typing on his phone, so clearly he's not, like, making it known to everybody else on the train. Um, and so we typed on his phone for probably, like, 30 minutes, because it was a two-hour train ride. And finally, he goes, you want to just take an Uber? It'll be 10 minutes. And I was like, sure. So we get off this train, and we're standing, like, on the side of the road um, by a military base going to Tijuana. And then we get in the Uber, and then I was like, you know what? I could get kidnapped right now. Like, this man hasn't said a word to me. Everything's been over text. And so I kind of panic and I, like, start pulling little hairs out of my hair and leaving them in the car and just, like, putting my fingerprints on stuff. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. And so you've we... been – so you – you this guy next to you, you you don't speak a word with him, but you just hand your phone back and forth with each other? Yes. Well, so he handed me his phone. And he was like, are you lost? Like, do you know where you're going? He had typed like, yeah, that, like, what, on his notes app or something? Yeah. And so, so you he, guys aren't, so you guys are, oh, so, so you guys are sitting next to each other, but instead of talking, you are handing this, his phone back and forth? Yeah. So he was actually, like, a row behind me. Um, so he could, like, see me, like, kind of, like, looking at the train map and, like, looking at my phone at, like, all the stops. Okay, so you get off of this train with this guy who you have not spoken a word to, but you're just texting back and forth with his phone. Yeah, and he showed me that he had ordered an Uber. I know it sounds super dumb when I say it out loud, but I was like, okay, okay. he ordered an Uber. Ubers are secure. Like, I felt kind of safe. I didn't really question it. And then um, he was like, okay, like, follow me through the, like, the 
like the uh, I don't know what it's called at the border, but there's like visitors and then people who have like citizenship. And he was like, just walk through. He was like, don't stand too close to me, but just like kind of follow. And I was like, okay. And so then I get pulled aside and then they're like, where's your passport? Blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't have it. And I was like, I'm just coming in for like a couple hours and then leaving. And so they made me buy a day visa, which is only I think it's like 15 bucks. And I was like, sure. Like I'll You can I'll get into Mexico without a passport by just giving them $15? Yes. Kind of okay. crazy. That is kind of crazy. I didn't know um, So this guy still has not said a word to me at all. And I figured, okay, well, maybe there's just like a language. Wait, why haven't you, why, why haven't, stuff. why haven't you, I don't understand. You got off the train with this guy. Why haven't you, why are you not talking to him? Well, so I would say things like to him, but he would always type back. So I figured like maybe English isn't his first language. And so like, maybe the barrier but he could type really good english but maybe he just wasn't comfortable speaking it okay was he mexican um so yeah yeah um and so once we crossed the border um he's like oh my cousin can give you a ride wherever you wanted to go because i told him i just wanted to go to the beach get a taco a margarita um and he was like my cousin can take you and then i was like you know what that's where i gotta draw the line then it's like okay it's not an uber nothing's getting tracked but so we cross the border and we're standing in front of i don't know if it's oxos or oxxos but i call them oxos it's like the 7-eleven of mexico yeah 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 and this like suv pulls up behind him because he's facing me so he has his back to the road and then the guy like honks his horn and the guy doesn't flinch and i was like Hmm. And then he turns around and then they see each other and then they start signing to each other in like sign language. So I was like, oh, he's either deaf or mute. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense why he has not said a word to me. So I guess I let a, a deaf or mute man take me across the border. Did you, how did you end this interaction with this man? Um, I told him I appreciated his <laughs> Uber and, uh, I wished him well and that I was going to take a taxi. Okay. I mean, that's probably good to not get in, like, a random guy's cousin's car in Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so every time I tell people this story, my main priority was obviously not to get kidnapped, but I like to make light of the situation. Um, and I had my cousin's house key, which is the only house key to the house at the time. And so my goal was don't get kidnapped because I had the key to the house and my cousin would not have been happy. <laughs> yeah. I like that you I like that your relationship with your cousin is such that if you got kidnapped in Mexico, their first thought would be, <laughs> "Oh no, she has the keys to my house." Yeah, he probably he probably wouldn't have been too happy with that one. And I didn't tell him I was going to Mexico either. So he just thought I was roaming around near the campus. So, I mean, are you constantly getting into these crazy adventures? I want to say no, but if you were to ask my friend, they would probably say 100%. I mean, they're not always that extreme, but they're definitely kind of out there. What's your whole... Per what's your name again, by the way? Uh, Lauren. Lauren. What's your whole prerogative, Lauren? What are you doing? What's your deal? I do. I have no idea. Like, I'm 24. Um, I feel like I've done so much in such a short time. Um, like, I don't really have family problems. It's not like it's me, like, lashing out and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's like I didn't have enough, um, like, not control, but... My parents telling me, like, hey, don't do that type of thing growing up. So it's like, world's the oyster. I'm going to keep going. Like, I do understand consequences. Obviously, I have an ankle monitor, but. What's next for you? What do you What do you want to be next? Um, That's a good question. I've Having the ankle monitor, I have had my highs of highs and the lowest of lows. Um. So I've had a lot of time for self-reflection. 
Um, definitely, once I get this off, I probably will just stay sober. Um, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to get... There was like a, a small time frame where I thought about getting into like being a probation officer because I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. Like, I check in with my probation officer every day. Um, I went into the jail and like talked to the other probation officer for three hours just about life. Um, are you are you going to move? Uh, so you're planning on moving to LA, or I guess Southern? No, or not San LA. Diego. Probably like San Diego, Temecula. Okay, um, and you want I to like try to become like a probation officer? Team. Maybe. I mean, it was just like an idea that crossed my mind. Um, because I also used to work for. Have you ever heard of Supercross? No. Uh, wait. Uh, is that the that's the bike thing? Yeah. So in the summer they have Promoto, which is like their outdoor circuit, and I used to work for that. So I lived in a van. I got paid to live in my boss's van and drive cross country with the mountain bikes for specialized. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. And I met a lot of people in the industry and it's given me a lot of connections that I think would be super cool to get back into. Not necessarily like riding because I don't race, but something in the sports industry. That could be cool. I do. Do you do yeah. you predict that you will still have a have a lust for adventure and want to go to weird places by yourself and hang out with strangers? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sort of addicted. I'm sort of addicted to that too. But um, I'm I'm at a point in my life. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I I, I do I do I like to do that, and you know a lot of um. What I do in in my career as a gecko is that um, I uh-huh. did it even before I had I was doing the gecko thing, but also a lot of part of me is like wonders how much longer I can do that before it's um, I don't know I guess uh, 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 sad or um, yeah or or gets I mean, lonely or whatever I mean I'm only I'm about to be twenty six years old. In a month. Okay, so we're we're similar to the same age. Yeah. Um, When's your birthday? December twentieth. Okay, I'm January fourth. Um, yeah, I'm about to be twenty six, and I don't know, bro. There's still like I, I, you know, I get all these DM. I mean, I get all these DMs from people. I mean, on on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I, I was talking to the guy in Pakistan, and I I, I mentioned uh, uh, that people should DM me to go, uh, uh, you know, film a video with them in a crazy place. And I still want to do all that stuff. And, um, you know, there's this guy on YouTube. His name is Peter Santanello. I don't know if anyone knows who he is, but he's like inspiring to me because he's like 45 or something like that. And he's still running around making videos all over the world, hanging out with strangers of all different ages and, you know, but he's also got like a wife and shit and, you know, he's not fat and, uh, you yeah, know, I think that could be cool if I could do that. If I could have some kind of like stable life and you know a uh, 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 semblance of real you know relationship home kind of a thing, but also be able to you know hang out yeah hang out with a stranger in Mexico um, and not die and make a video about it. So I don't know. Maybe there's yeah. a way to combine all those universes. Yeah, because I also work at a like a restaurant bar out here in Utah, and the other day, one of my tables was um, these guys that are on a hockey team, and so they were playing the Utah Grizzlies, and uh, just me just oversharing my life. The one guy was like, "Give me your number, and I'll give you some tickets." So I went to the game, and then we were just chatting after, and I was like, "I guess I'll have to come to Canada," but then we remembered that uh, can't really go to Canada with a criminal record, which. I don't know if I technically, I think I do have a criminal record, unfortunately, but you can't go. So then I told him, I was like, well, looks like you're either going to have to come back to Utah, California, or go to Mexico with me. And so we're going to plan a Mexico trip, and I've met this guy once. But I mean, the odds of it following through are probably slim, but also I'm the type of person that's like, if I invite you to go on a trip with me, even if you don't go, I'll probably still go on the trip. That's the, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. 
So if you ever want to go to Mexico, Gak, we could go. You know, it's funny you mention that. I um, I'm moving away. Uh, well, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, but I I have been wanting to go to Tijuana, even though I've heard it, I mean, it it can be a little crazy. Yeah, luckily my mom has a house in Puerto Vallarta, so that's where I would prefer to go. But Tijuana crossing the border is really fun. It's a little time consuming, but the adventure's there. Does your mom make good tostadas? No, my mom, well, my mom is white. My dad's Mexican. Um, bless my mom, but she can't, she can cook, but she can't really cook. My dad's a better cook. Also, well, Lauren... my parents don't know that I had a DUI. Oh, they don't? No, this happened in May. Um, and it's already November and they still don't know. And I'm going home for Christmas and I am on the fence whether or not I want to tell them or not. And I have an ankle monitor. So it's like, okay, but luckily I could just wear pants, but it's also California. So it could potentially be warm. Probably not. But... How do you think they would react to seeing that you have the ankle monitor? Um, probably a little disappointed. Hmm. You, Lauren, I don't know you very well, but you seem like you can deal with people being a little disappointed in you. Yeah, yeah. As long so, that's the thing is like getting a DUI is it's not the worst thing in the world, but it definitely should give everybody a reality check if you've ever gotten one. Um, and it has given me like the world's biggest reality check. Uh, and I'm I. The reason I can joke about my situation and make it so lighthearted is because I understand and I can acknowledge the consequences that could have happened. Like, it could have gone so much worse. I could have wrecked my car. I could have killed somebody. Like, all the what ifs. But in my case, I just barely rolled a stop sign, and that was on and off the road. That was it. So, well, Lauren, I, I acknowledge hope. It. I hope that you, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm back and forth on the whole um, whether, uh, I, I, you know, I hope, I hope that you are able to have further adventures in your life. I don't get, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of bullshitting myself because I don't see why, you know, just because. I mean, we're a similar age, and I don't see why just because we turned some age, we're supposed to stop going on weird adventures. I don't know. I think all that stuff is arbitrary. So I hope you continue to go yeah. on um, as many weird adventures as you want. You know, within the bounds of safety, of course. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I always, I always, sometimes I don't think in the moment, but I feel like I always do have a good gut feeling and I do have a good head on my shoulders. and I kind of know when to draw the line and if I'm pushing that line a little too much. And, like, that's the thing, too, is even just trying to date, it's hard to find guys that are going to be like, you did what? You let a stranger take you where? Like, okay, yeah, I did. I let a stranger take me somewhere. But, like, I don't know. I survived. I'm here. I guess that's a good point. I think about that all the time when... um like you ever meet somebody old and they tell you and they uh not old but um like like somebody who's like a crazy reckless driver and they're like 25 yeah. and and you're like wow you've probably been driving like this for 9 years and you haven't died oh, that's yeah. pretty crazy yeah and i think about I mean, that if i'm like ever in the car with them i'll think about that cuz i i've been in a car with a crazy driver a couple times and i I like while I'm praying that we're not going to die. I think to myself, I'm like, well, why now? Why would it, if they've been driving like this every day for nine years, why would it be now with me in the car that they would crash? Yeah. But you never know. It's one of those weird things that's like people are always like, or, I don't know how to say it, but like some people are like, if it's your time, it's your time. And like everything kind of happens for a reason. And, like, I think me getting this DUI kind of happened for a reason. 
it's super shitty, but it is an expensive lesson. And I'm very thankful in a way because I've learned so much about myself and like where my priorities are and what I want out of life and stuff like that. Well, Lauren, is there anything else you want to say to the people of the computer before we go? Uh, I know you you said something about like, everybody always says something inspirational. I thought about it and I was like, ah, oh, don't drink and jive. But Okay, know. so I'm gonna hold on. I'm just gonna, as a side note, real quick. <laughs> One time, I was not. I was not expecting this to go viral within the Gecko community. But one time, <laughs> I said, on the podcast, everyone always answers that because I say at the end of every call, if there's anything else you want to say, and I said one time that everyone always answers it with a motivational thing, and I think I said you don't have to do that. And I said that once, and now every time I ask the question, everyone responds by saying, oh, I know you don't like it when people say motivational things. Um, all I was saying, oh, you no, don't have okay. to say something, but you say whatever say whatever you want, Lauren. Okay, okay. okay. I think I'm going to go with send the $40 on an Uber because $10,000 is not worth it. I like that. Uh, thank, thank you for you. calling, Lauren. Have a good rest of the night. You too. Bye. You know what? I'm going to Tijuana. Call from Kaylee. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. What's up, Kaylee? Not much. I'm just hanging out in bed. <laughs> it's kind of late. Um, wow. Are you are you uh, are you comfy cozy? As they would say, comfy cozy. So comfy cozy. Rock and roll. That's a good place to be. Um, well, let's. Let's get a little uh, uncomfortable, shall we? That's a weird <laughs> thing to say. Um, what's up? Oh, what's your name? Say your name one more time. Kaylee. Kaylee. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Kaylee, what's uh, what do you want to talk about today? Um. Well, I'm a little unhappy at where I am in my life right now, in general. Um, mostly because I'm in uh, a PhD program and. I have been thinking about leaving for, like, a year now. What PhD program are you in? I am getting my uh, degree in molecular cell biology. Oh, my God. I can see why you want to quit. <laughs> yeah. Sounds awful. Uh, what made you want to do that? Um, well, in college, I ended up working in a research lab, and I kind of liked it. And I was like well, why not keep doing this for a little bit longer <laughs> until I can figure out a more, like, stable career path. Um, so I figured grad school was a really great option, and uh, now I hate my life. <laughs> it's not... I mean, looking at cells, right? They move slightly every once in a while, don't they? That's uh, kind of fun. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's So I ended up doing... Um, so I ended up joining a cancer research lab and one of the things that kind of goes through my head all the time is, wow, cancer is, like, so hard to study. Um, I don't know if anything I'll ever do will amount to any sort of treatment for anyone. So it just feels really futile and kind of, like... <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what I think is so funny is just you represent this idea that, like, you know, uh, hum humanity never finds the cure to cancer because uh, you know we just got bored you know i wish got, that was i wish we got that was the bored answer. of of sitting in like all the scientists that were working on it were looking at cells and writing things down and being like this fucking sucks i want to go get high and uh move and play <laughs> video games this is fucking boring um and it's actually kind of cool that like i mean if you there's a lot of people who do do that but as a whole science um even though it's boring to sit and look at cells we still do it and that's cool i feel like my there there definitely are people that hate their lives in grad school because they think it's boring i feel like i still definitely have an interest in science it's just i think the whole process is overwhelming i think the structure of academia is stupid I don't know if what I want to do with my life now, I necessarily need a PhD. There's all sorts of 
factors that <laughs> that are contributing. What to do you want? What do you want to do with your? What do you want to do with your life now? That is a great question. I've always told myself that I don't want to be a professor or run a lab or anything. That I just want to go sell my soul and work for big pharma. But nice. Um, <laughs> but those jobs are so incredibly hard to get, and. Um, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily want to grow cells in a dish and give mice cancer anymore. Um, you know, it's, um, everyone shits on being a sellout, but they don't know how hard it is to get those yeah, big no, sellout it's, jobs. It's not easy selling out. Oh, definitely. It's not. Um, all right. Do you want to, uh, well, if you quit your PhD today, what would your, what would tomorrow look like? Um, hmm. well, I think my, my, my boss and my lab would probably let me stay until I found a job and I would probably start looking at jobs in science in my city. It's like there, there, there are some, so I think I, I would probably be able to get something. Um, but I don't know. I, I remember I reflect back to like. I'm just going to sound really stupid. I reflect back to like high school when I was a cashier at a grocery store and I like really enjoyed talking to people and I'm like, maybe I would like doing some retail or customer service for like a little while and then mm -hmm. just to get my bearings. But I know I'm sure lots of people in customer service are like yelling, being like, do not do that. Um, Have you done? Oh, wait, hold on. So, but you've done it before. I kind of. So I don't know if you count cashier to grocery store as like retail. I kind of did. Yeah. I, how long were you doing that for? I just like two years in high school. Okay. And did anyone ever come in and spit on you and make you want to never do it ever again? No, but I did have weird middle-aged men try and hit on me when I was like 16. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, um... Um, well, I, about, but I don't, I don't think, what's your name again? Kaylee. Kaylee, I don't think that the decision to be like, looking at cells sucks. I want to do something with my hands and look at people and talk to them. Uh, I don't think it's a bad call. I don't think it's a bad call. Uh, well, because also, I mean, yeah, you say that people in customer service might be listening to this and screaming at you not to do it, but everyone's everyone's wired differently. They are so for so, for, for there are some jobs that for some people are the you know hellish, and then for other people they are you know like you know bagging groceries and uh, talking to old ladies and stuff. So. Uh, I don't think it's a bad move to. I don't, I, I don't think it's bad to. You know what? What is it? Two steps back, one step forward, or two steps back, three steps forward? Some shit like that. Something with mm. steps. The steps. Yeah, something like that. The steps add up to be good steps, but um, yeah, why not? Yeah, there's just uh, it's just such a big decision because if I left, I probably would never able be able to go back and get a PhD if that's something I wanted to go back to. At least at the university I'm at now. So it's just a big, Kaylee, a big can't decision you just, that uh, you can't make. Can't, can't, you just learn, <laughs> can't you just learn all the... Look, whatever you're learning in your PhD, I'm sure is on YouTube. I... Man, maybe I missed, maybe I missed a big video essay about how to cure cancer. <laughs> I'll have to find I bet it. There is, I, no, I bet there is. I bet there's a guy on YouTube who... No, is like here's how to cure cancer from a cell. It's you know it's probably like a three hour long video, but you'll know how to do it by the end. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do a deep dive, definitely. Well, Kaylee, I'm glad that I was able to successfully convince you to make a major life decision. I appreciate it, Lyle. Thank you so much. <laughs> is is there anything else you want to say to the people of the computer before we go? Um. No, I well, I know you get so many callers that are like, I've been listening to you for ages, but I'm kind of a recent caller. I started listening to your podcast like a couple of months ago, and oh, cool, they definitely brighten my days. Cool, thanks, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad it's no. I think that's awesome. I'm glad that new people are 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 listening to the pod. Um, I hope I hope that you continue to listen for as long as you enjoy listening. 
You got it. Yeah, I'll be back. Thanks again. Take care, Kaylee. All right, have a good night. Curing cancer sounds boring as hell.